All right, this is the Big Kids Show. I'm Mark, and thanks for kicking it with us, even if it's just for a little bit in the sandbox today. With me, I have two of your favorites, Big Nick and Brian, a.k.a. Mr. B. Before we get started today, if you have not already, please like, subscribe, share. If you'd be so kind, leave us a five-star review as it truly helps us out a lot, and Brian will pay you up to $12 if you do so. Mm Yes. Today, we will be playing one of our favorite formats. That is top three. And the category for our top three is hidden movie gems. Mm -hmm. So every year, there are a ton of movies that get released to much fanfare with huge budgets that pack movie theaters and generate all the buzz. Then there are the movies that maybe you hear about well after release, but once you see it, you become completely obsessed about the next party you go to, you bring up, hey, have you guys seen this movie? And the group around you goes stone silent and looks at you like you dropped your pants. So <laughs> then you spend the next 15 minutes trying to explain exactly why everyone needs to immediately leave that party and go watch that movie. Pull up your well, pants. That's right. And pull up your <laughs> pants first. You might trip. So we are here to tell you about those hidden gem movies that can put you in that phenomenal situation. That you may have missed out on. So, with that said, Big Nick, you have won our coin toss today, sir, and you can get us started on our journey. Tell us about your first hidden gem movie, your number three, sir. First off, I love this topic. I want to learn from you guys what movies I should be watching. With all the wonderful streaming services we have nowadays, that makes it quite easy. And I'm hoping to teach the other big kids, big kids a thing or two listening out there. Maybe something good you Absolutely. might want to watch. I'm going to start ta- it off. I'll be taking some big I'll be taking some big kid notes. That's My right. number 3 big kids everywhere will be a movie called 12 and Holding, which is actually very fitting for our big kids show. 12 and Holding was released in 2005. This is a coming of age drama that explores adolescent issues through the minds of three 12-year-old friends and their reactions after one of their close friends is killed in a tree house that was set on fire by some teenage bullies who carelessly didn't find out that he was even inside until it was way too late. The deceased boy's twin brother decides to seek revenge against the bullies. Another boy, who is probably my favorite character in the movie, his name is Leonard, he is overweight Leonard manages to survive. He was in the treehouse as well. He survives the treehouse fire, but loses his sense of taste and smell, which changes his life dramatically. And he decides to go on a diet, which is not welcomed by his obese family. The boy's female friend uh, befriends a sort of down and out adult male named Gus. Now, this is a movie where you will surprisingly know many of the actors by face, but not by name. Probably Hmm. the only one that you would recognize by name is Jeremy Renner of Hawkeye Avengers fame. Yes. Renner plays Gus in 12 and Holding. Now, from the Rotten Tomatoes website, here is their review. It says, this shocking preteen drama manages through realistic performances and a sense of empathy to avoid exploitation and instead deliver something honest and haunting. Sadly, it underperformed at the box, only bringing in $119,000. 
That's it. This movie also features one of my favorite rock songs of all time. I'm burning for you by the great BOC. Of course, I'm talking about guitar and rock gods, blue oyster cult. Nice. My number three pick is 12 and holding. And obviously being a hidden gem, I've never seen that. I'm looking forward to searching for that quality fig, big Nick. Yeah, that sounds like it's kind of deep, too. Yeah. So, well, and, you know, growing up, I always loved movies like um, Stand By Me is what I'm thinking. You know, where you have kids that are out on some kind of adventure or kids that experience some kind of trauma or something that's dramatic going on. And and this is that, you know, this is another version of that 12 and holding where they have this crazy, horrible incident that takes place and these bullies that that do this yeah they're teenagers and they're pretty nasty dudes but you know through the movie you you're learning too they're just kids as well you know we're all dumb and we all do dumb stuff when we're when we're kids and so this i highly recommend it or i would not have put it on my list so 12 and holding well played well done well done big nick all right, Mr. B, let's kick off uh, your number three, sir. What you got for us? All right. So when I say hidden gem, <laughs> it's you got to really polish this one a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with it's the- a, It's a dirty gem. Is that what yeah, you're saying? <laughs> it's a film released in September of 93 entitled Airborne. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, Fantastic choice. So this was a film that was, it's kind of a fish out of a water story. So it starts off, there's this kid, he lives out in California. He's a surfer. He rollerblades. His parents are like uh, zoologists. And so they're like, oh, we're going to Australia. And he's like, sweet. That's great surfing and stuff. And they're like, uh, no, you can't go. You're going to go live with your aunt and uncle in Cincinnati. and and not only but the like the winter of cincinnati so he's like well that's a bummer so of course he gets met by kids he's this california kid the girls like him the school boys do not like him so they're bullying him and all this stuff seth green he stays with right well yes there's some uh, actors in there seth green is in the movie and jack black is in the movie Oh, that's right. I forgot about him. But this film was actually shot in Cincinnati. <laughs> that's also true. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is true. But, you know, throughout the movie, like, there starts to be more and more rollerblading. I guess he's really good at rollerblading. Yeah. The main actor who was played by, uh, I think it was Shane McDermott. Yeah. But it, it kind of culminates to where, like, there's, like, these the two parts of the school like the preps and the non-preps and they like want to battle so they <laughs> they do a rollerblade street race down the most devious of roads entitled devil's backbone which actually, a- it's a it's a legit street in devil's backbone now obviously yep. they didn't use the exact street they used parts of it mm-hmm. um, and if you watch the movie you can see parts of downtown cincinnati but uh that's a movie that me and my brother talk about all the time and we quote way more than we should um it was again when 93 the budget was 2.6 million i think it made 2.9 million so not like a it made a couple bucks but it was more of a to me a cincinnati movie and also at the time in 93 big nick can attest 
I really loved rollerblading at that time too. So (laughs) I know another guy that did as well. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) They refused to take them off ever for about a two year time period. Yeah. That was my brother. He would just be like, Oh, rollerblades are on in the house. He's going upstairs with rollerblades on. So that's, that's my number three pick airborne. 93 American comedy drama film about inline rollerblading. Like I watched that movie probably more times than I want to admit, but I think it's because, you know, a close to home and B, I think that, um, it was, it was well put together. Like there was some good action scenes. It kind of had some of the traditional like teenage movie, you know, cause I was younger when I saw it as well. I was only, yeah. you said it came out in 93. Yeah. Yeah. So I was 12. So that's yeah, actually before I even was in high school. And, um, but I thought the actors were good. The main guy, did he ever like go into anything else? He's not that a, he's been in a handful of things, but he's not like well he? recognizable. Yeah, he kind of had the. He figured it'd be like a you know he was a decent actor. I, I thought he would be in more stuff after. Yeah, that, yeah I mean, but. if you really think about it, all the all the actors that are in it, Seth Green and Jack Black. I, I think this was one of Jack Black's first movie roles, and it was a real like kind of small comedic part. Um, but yeah. obviously, his career took off. Um, yeah. It did. It did not do well on on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> With an average- honestly, I feel like some of the best movies don't. And yeah. you know what I mean. Like I remember Dumb and Dumber got completely roasted by critics and everything, and that's one of the funniest movies ever made. So, yeah, in so my humble opinion. again, as mine being a hidden gem, it's you know it's nostalgic to me. It's rollerblading. It, it reminds me of being twelve and thirteen years old, rollerblading with my buddies and. Kind of he has that story now. I'm sure I haven't watched it in maybe three or four years. I'm sure if I watch it again, I'd be like, "Oh, it's not as good as I remember." But that's a <laughs> hidden gem. Yes, absolutely. Good choice. Good choice. I'll tell you what, Mister B. I love that you said that you and your brother watched this movie probably a dozen or more times because I had forgotten about this movie completely until just now. And <laughs> my brother Patrick turned me on to this movie. I remember he's like, you got to watch this. It was one that was kind of on, uh, you know, they would, they would play it from time to time on HBO or Showtime or one of those. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was one of those great movies. And I didn't realize that it was Cincinnati. I'm sure I did in 93 or 94 when we were watching it, but I forgot that it was Cincinnati. So that makes it even more cool. But yeah, I I love that you say your brother uh, and you watched it because it was my brother that pointed out that movie to me. No, it's well, at the time there wasn't a lot of movies that a had like rollerblading, but they had a good amount of hockey in there. Too, no, you yeah, know what I mean? Which, yeah, there's some ho- rollerblading hockey scenes, and then obviously yeah. the downhill race was really hilarious. And yeah, if you watch it, you can even see parts of the old sports stadiums in Cincinnati. And yep, and Jack Black in that race. Oh my god, yeah, he's pretty funny. He's hilarious, man. That's that's good stuff. They call so. that street hockey. Street yeah. hockey. And I so, think there was some ice hockey in there, too. Quality choice, Mr. B. Quality thank choice. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, that brings it on to me. So, for my number three, um, I went with something that was definitely, it, it's a little bit of a newer film, I'll say. Um, and it's one that, like, when I saw the preview for it, I was interested. And, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. It was one of those I thought was going to be really good or really bad. I think it actually ended up with pretty good reviews, but at the box office, not so much. So that movie would be 
called Whiplash, made in 2014. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that movie. Um, But essentially, Andrew Neiman is played by Miles Teller, is an ambitious young jazz drummer. And he's in the pursuit of rising to the top of this super, super elite music school that he's in. And Terrence Fletcher is the guy that plays his instructor. He's played by J.K. Simmons. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but he's an awesome actor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Does, the, he does the insurance. Uh, <laughs> he will sell. Yeah, now he does Not the insurance will, stuff, yeah. Can he act like crazy? He will sell you insurance as well. Yes, absolutely. I, I, every time this commercial is, I want to buy it. And he, like, he was the perfect role this movie i i literally don't know if they could have picked anybody better so he's known in the movie for his terrifying teaching methods and he discovers andrew and transfers him into the top they've got like this uh elite jazz ensemble and basically this andrew kid like he's got this immense passion to like achieve perfection and i mean there's some pretty it's actually (laughs) I saw one place call it a psychological thriller. I don't know if I would go that far, but <laughs> it's it's pretty crazy, man. It really gets into the psyche of somebody. Like you think about people who end up making it big, whether it's music or anything else. I mean, a lot of those people, if you actually talk to them or watch a documentary, they are borderline obsessive about their craft. And it's like, and right. I mean, they will like just spend intense amounts of time doing what they're trying to, to be perfect at um and this guy terrence fletcher his pro- instructor is ruthless and just like pushes him to the absolute brink of his sanity so i i can't give away too much because there's just a lot that happens in the movie but i cannot recommend it enough i think if you guys if especially if you have any interest in music and and props to this guy miles teller i thought at first it was based on a true story um, turns out it was just kind of loosely based on the director who was also a drummer, but this miles Teller guy, there's scenes where, I mean, the dude can play drums, the actor. And I think you'd rec- recognize him if, uh, if you looked him up, um, it was in yeah. war dogs. Fantastic movie. There you go. Boom. So yeah, he's, he's been in a couple of different things, but, uh, but this was a great role for him and, and a great movie. So, and I, I love any drumming movie. So awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. It, it literally, I, I think the very first time I watched it, it was on a flight and it was kind of one of those like, eh, all right, we'll just check it out. And I only got to watch the first like 45 minutes and it, I was completely sucked in. I ended up coming back home and watching it from the beginning all the way through after that. And, nice. But it only grossed 13 million. So, I mean, it, you know, it, it made some money, but definitely did not make a ton of money. So, but that's my number three. Awesome pick, so, Marcus. I love it. Absolutely. So let's do a real quick recap of the first round, guys. Big Nick, we got 12 and holding. Brian's got Airborne. I've got Whiplash. Let's kick it on to our number two choices. Big Nick, what you got, buddy? My number two, and I will be surprised if anybody's heard of this one, but I, <laughs> I really love this movie. It's called Eye of God, and it's mm. E-Y-E. Eye of God. This is a 1997 crime film. It stars Martha Plimpton, who many will remember from her role in the Goonies movie. Martha is an amazing actor. I think she's incredibly oh. underrated. 
Yeah, you're picturing her now. She yeah. could really pull off any role, in my humble big kid opinion. This was an independent film, so I don't know if it was released to theaters. If it was, it would not have been widespread. I couldn't find any budget versus box office stats, but it did win some awards. One was for the best director in the American Independent Award for the Seattle International Film Festival of 1997, and it also won the Bronze Award at the 97 Tokyo International Film Festival. Some of the other actors you may recognize, we have Kevin Anderson. He plays the good guy in that old movie, Sleeping with the Enemy. There's also Richard Jenkins, who was the dad in Step Brothers. So <laughs> those are some of the other great actors filling out the roster. The movie takes place in the rural, sleepy town of Kingfisher, Oklahoma, where nothing ever really happens. And if you want to live out your dreams, well, you're going to need to do that someplace else. Martha Plimpton <laughs> plays the main character, Ainsley, who is a young, small town woman who works two jobs and she's basically lonely. So through a magazine, she gets into correspondence with a prisoner. And when he gets out, he comes to see her and then the two get married. At some point, her husband becomes very controlling and abusive. But there's another story that meshes together over the course of the film. Now, IMDB says... We see two stories told over four timelines, which wind down to a devastating ground zero collision. One reviewer on there said, Eye of God is about a small Oklahoma town that is stripped of its innocence when one of its boys turns up mute and bloodied by the lakeside. Unable to tell his story, the local sheriff embarks on a quest to undercover... I'm sorry, to uncover the roots of a gruesome crime. He's led to Ainsley Dupree and her new husband, Jack, a man whose interest and family may very well outweigh his morals. This movie is absolutely incredible. It's, it's, it's one of those movies that, that will really stick with you. You're even after you watch it. And I sound, I feel like whiplash was kind of that kind of mm -hmm. same kind of movie as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. but yeah, Eye of God, nineteen ninety seven. Uh, it was an independent film. I can't remember where I first saw it. It must have been late at night on some rando cable channel. I would be guessing the, the, the Sundance Channel. Yeah, yes, that's all I watch. I know you do. You're a very <laughs> you're a very hipster. <laughs> but what, yeah, do you, what do you watch? HBO. Well, and I believe that I that I probably saw this for the first time in '98 or '99. Yeah, it came um, out so, in '98, right? So yeah, came, came out in '97, and I saw it on TV. Okay. So um, yeah. it's it's one that I had a hard time. I liked it so much, and I don't. I'm not in the habit of rewatching movies over and over again. But it is one that was so hard to find that I knew that I wouldn't be seeing it again on TV. So I went to the added extra effort of tracking it down somewhere and I own a copy of it. And, All right. And I don't know if you can find any copies of it to this day. Good for you. No, that's, that's definitely sounds like a, a very hidden gem. That might be one. that's uh, actually a little tough to find streaming, but just looking at IMDb, yeah, it's got good reviews, like 7.3, which anything above seven on IMDb is pretty tough to get. And again, know, so. it's, it's one of those movies, if you look up the the roster of the actors that play those parts, 
yep. you'll see a lot of familiar faces. It's yeah. just it just happens to be a movie that you've not heard of. And that's where obviously the actors signed on because they love the script and the roles. But you know, sometimes just production and distribution don't always match, unfortunately. And do you guys agree with me about Martha Plimpton? Like I feel like her range is is just huge. Like she she does comedy stuff, she does very dramatic stuff. Right. And this is very dramatic. And she yeah. really sells this role. And no, I, I, I love one, that when actors can do that too. This is one of those movies that by the end you just like want to grab her character and give her a big hug. Like because you just feel so bad for her by the end of the movie. <laughs> and you know it's fake, but but it it pulls out those emotions from you. I think She's the one that I, I, every time I see her, there's a movie that I saw as a kid that stuck with me. Uh, probably another hidden gem called Early Honorable Mention. But she was in uh, Parenthood. Do you guys remember that movie? Mm-hmm. She was the young teenager in that movie. Mm-hmm. So every time I see her, that's always the first movie I think of. But yeah, she's a good actress. Quality pick. I have got. I, Absolutely. I, I, my list of movies to watch this weekend is growing. Absolutely. Well, Mr. B, drop us uh, your number two. What do you got here for us? I will. So I have to preface this with the only reason why I picked this one is that every time I've asked someone if they've seen this movie, they've said no. Okay. So it's not like it was a bomb, but I'd like a multiple times like, hey, have you seen this movie? What? No, I never even heard of it. So looked at you like you dropped your pants. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> and, so this, and, and that's I was what was. Sh- well, it was shocking to me. So this movie was directed by the Coen brothers. Okay. Ah. This was released in December of 2013 in the movie title Inside Lewin Davis. Yes. Yes, okay. yes, yes. So this movie, I mean, I'm a fan of the Coen brothers. I love it. It's a film that um I mean, it actually so budget of 11 million dollars actually box office 33 million. So not necessarily a hidden gem like Nick's movie where it made we can't even, we don't even know what it made. Yeah. Where the but, actors paid to be in the movie. Yes. <laughs> but it's a movie. So this film, it's um, kind of, it's set in um, 1961. There's a struggling uh, folk singer in New York's Greenwich Village. Uh, his name's Lewin Davis. And it kind of follows him through that he wrote an album. Um, it wasn't doing well. And kind of follows him through this stuff where like a, a girl that he slept with got pregnant and he's trying to get money for an abortion and he's trying to get his career to take off. So he's kind of couch surfing and carrying his guitar around. But the music in the film alone is worth watching. I mean, it's so the main star of the movie is um, Isaac or excuse me, o- Oscar Isaac. And he actually performs a lot of the songs. Like I don't know if he actually plays guitar, but he sings on a lot of the songs. And uh, yeah. uh, Marcus and I, in our uh, side time when we were playing acoustic guitars, we actually have played a couple of these songs. Um, yeah, they're good songs. I mean, I, you know, I remember the first time you let me hear the movie, and I was like, "Wow!" Like the songs themselves are actually really good. And that guy, Oscar Isaac. Kind of turned into a little bit of a star after that movie because he really took off. He was in some of the newer Star Wars releases. Um, but yeah, just I, I love the feel of the film. I mean, it's really trying to encapsulate like Greenwich Village and these struggling artists. You know, you kind of show up at these coffee houses and you play, you know, your song and it's, you know, playing this acoustic folk song, like playing your heart out. Um, and even at the end of the song, it even shows like a, 
the resemblance was supposed to be um God, I'm blanking on his name. Bob Dylan is supposed to be there at the end. Yeah. So it's like there's all these artists and Bob Dylan was the one that kind of shot out. But listen to some of the people on this cast. So Oscar Isaac, as I mentioned, Carrie Mulligan. If you see her, you you'll know what movie she's been in. John Goodman, Garrett Hedlund, Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. Adam Driver. I'm bringing sexy back. Yeah, which and actually, there there's one of the songs on the soundtrack. It's like a four part harmony. The bass part is Justin Timberlake. So that's that's how good his range is. He actually was able to do the bass line yeah. in a vocal thing. So, dude, here's, here's I'll tell a you clip from that movie. Yeah, that was a terrible sounding clip. So yeah. <laughs> But inside Louis- to the bridge, <laughs> I don't know why you guys are going straight to Justin Timberlake. So. <laughs> How often do we get to talk about Timberlake on yeah, the big kids show? This he, is our he, one opportunity. Hey, he's, he's, a a frequent ta- guy. he's a talented guy and he shows it in the film. So absolutely. Dude, get, I, I get go ahead. I got to give you mad props on this pick. I've not seen this movie, but the reason why I'm giving you mad props is I keep a list right here. It's on my right hand side of my desk. I have two lists and it's a list of places to go and movies to watch because I will forget about them. If I don't write them down, this movie is on my list of movies to watch. So now I have to underline it like three times because Mr. (laughs) B said it was good. And I remember that I put it on my list for a few reasons one coen brothers right Right. i mean why not you have to watch coen brothers and i think that that john goodman is an incredible actor he's one of my favorite actors of all time and then adam driver is one of my favorite like actors that i've discovered you know not that i discovered but that i've learned about in the past few years like everything he does is so good and so when i see goodman and driver and then let's double down with the coen brothers and and timberlake bringing sexy back i how could i not put this on my (laughs) list of movies to watch? and and you're gonna love because uh adam driver scene is only a couple of minutes but it's pretty funny because yeah. he's, he's like singing the backup to this song. And he's just like, <laughs> I, I don't want, I, I want people to watch it. Cause again, the only reason why, I mean, is it as a hidden gem as some of these other ones? No, but any person, I mean, even me and Mark have talked to me like, Hey, have you seen this movie? Like what? No, never even heard of it. I don't think it did well in the theaters, but I mean, the soundtrack alone is worth watching. Just watch it for the music alone and tell me you hate it. Cause it's, well, it's, it's that good. And there's, it seems to be like there's going to be a lot of people that would agree with you because it won a lot of like awards that we don't know those awards. You know what I mean? Like, no, it, it was actually Rolling Stone uh, listed it as one of the top 50 best movies of 2010s. Nice. I mean, wow. but, but again, it's what's so crazy to me is that people I would talk to like, I've never seen that. I've never even heard of it. Um, even Mark, when it came out, yeah. I was talking to him, but I said, what? I've never even heard of that movie. Yep. Somehow and it's funny because I, it, I was going to put it on my list, but I actually knew that you were going to pick it, Mr. B. I was that confident that you'd <laughs> pick it that I didn't put it on my list because I knew it would get covered. Well, and unfortunately, our big kid brains are melting into one big yes, kid brain. Yes, they are. They are. One giant big kid brain. So oh. Inside Lewin Davis, I love it. I, I actually, I've, I've probably watched it six or seven times now at this point. Quality, quality pick. I dig it. All right. Well, that brings us to the final number two pick, which would be mine. I am going with a film running scared that was released in February of 2006. The main actor was Paul Walker. 
right? So mm. I'm pretty sure at this point, in two, by 2006, the Fast and Furious franchise was well on its way. Was right? Fast and Furious. It was very too fast, fast very too furious. furious. <laughs> and I was not a fan of those movies. No, I just, you no. know, yeah. If you, you like, like cars, though, if you're a car you know, guy. I, I like the first one. I thought the first one was cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First one. And it, I don't even know what they're on now. 17 or whatever it is. 25. Well, now, yeah, now like the rocks on it. and say it's Yeah. But at the time, I wasn't a huge. I guess I shouldn't say the movie. I was. I just wasn't a huge Paul Walker fan. You know, I just. I kind of. He kind of seemed like a little bit of a. It's like a dude in a boy band. You're like, ah, eh, not really my cup of tea, Blasphemy. right? Yeah, but <laughs> when I saw this film, this film changed how I looked at Paul Walker a thousand percent. So for any, how for, do you look at Paul Walker? Yeah, well, that's what we want to know. With one eye side cocked, <laughs> and <a thing> <laughs> no. So basically. <laughs> Tell us how you look at Paul Walker. Yeah. Uh, so basically this movie for, cause it sounds like you guys haven't seen this. So basically he's a low level mafioso named Joey Gazelle. And he's ordered to dispose of the guns that were used to kill a pair of policemen. Okay. No, so I, he, just so you know, I have seen this and this movie is awesome. Kicks ass. Yes. So he hides them in his basement and they're found by this kid, Oleg who lives next door. Well, he uses one of the guns and he basically shoots his brutal stepfather, who is a Russian mobster. He runs off and the movie is this Joey. So Paul Walker pursuing him into, you know, the criminal underworld, basically trying to find this weapon. And there's also a corrupt detective that is also on his trail. It is like. The special effects are immense. Um, it's it's one of those movies that it doesn't stop. Like from the beginning to the end, you're on the edge of your seat the entire time. Agreed. And the cinematography is through the roof good. Like it's, I don't want to say like Matrix or anything crazy, but the, the way that they do, you know, sometimes you get those action movies that use special effects in a way where you're like, Damn, that was clever. Like, I, you don't see a lot of action movies that do it that way. Slow motions and, you know, where, how the camera's placed and all that type of stuff. So that's definitely this one. Um, it made $9.7 So it wasn't a complete flunk, but, a, you know, it definitely wasn't a popular one. But um, it's a little brutal. It's not for the kids. Right. But if you want a good action suspense drama movie, running scared, Paul Walker, it's kick-ass. Well, and think That's about it, if you remember uh, the one scene where dudes are shooting hockey pucks at <laughs> at at people's faces. Yes, while they're yes. lay that they're laying on the ice. So even that, like, just to think of that, I was like, I was like, oh man, this is awesome. What but movie that, has ever had that? Like, that movie, and, and I I stumbled upon threat that level movie. midnight. Yes, I, I stumbled <laughs> upon it, and I, I Mark, I, I think I've probably seen that three or four times because yeah. I, I just loved how it was done. It was real, like yep. it was quick, and like it, it, you, you never were sitting there going, "Wow, it's really dragging here." It was, just, it, was it was like moving. snazzy. Like I'm trying to think yeah. of how to describe the the cinematography, but it was just, it was really clever. Like that's probably the best way I can think to put it. It was just really, really cleverly done. So. I love that pick, and yes, hopefully the listeners will check that one out too because that's awesome. I'm adding it to my list there, Mark. I appreciate it. Ooh, and to make Nick's list, like you have to. That's right. 
You, you got to bring the thunder. You got to bring the thunder, grease the gears, and and do something else. I don't. Know. And I want to look at Paul Walker the way that Mark looks at Paul Walker <laughs> through his through his, <laughs> through his cock eye. <laughs> yep. <laughs> He's turning your head. You. Anyway, <laughs> let's move along here, people. Uh, so that wraps up our number two choices. So Big Nick with Eye of God, Mister B inside Lewin Davis. Let's get on to the number ones, guys. Uh, I'm feeling good about the list so far. Let's uh, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this. Big Nick, what you got for your number one, sir? So, full confession here. <laughs> I, never, never I would have taken Eye of God as my number one, but I felt like because my first two choices, 12 and Holding and Eye of God, were kind of pretty serious movies. Right. Mm-hmm. I wanted to end on a high note, on an uplifting note. And I really, this for me would be just behind Eye of God, but it's a, it's a good, inspiring, feel good movie at the end of the day. And that's how I want to end my performance here on the Big Kids Show tonight. So I went with a movie called Young at Heart. This is a 2007 documentary about members of a senior citizens choir from the New England area. And they perform mostly rock songs by artists such as The Clash and Coldplay. They even do a very trippy music video and performance of one of the greatest artists of all time, Mr. David Bowie. The music video is for his great song, Golden Years, which is extremely fitting considering the subject matter. Now, I will tell you all, That's right. All of you smart and good-looking big kids out there, even if you do not watch the movie, go to YouTube and watch Young at Heart Chorus Fix You. It is incredible. Fix You is a song by Coldplay. The Young at Heart Chorus changed that song for me forever. It really actually helped me to fully understand and appreciate that song. The song is performed by Fred Niddle who has since passed away. Again, this is a choir of senior citizens. And if I remember correctly, Fred was quite sick at the time and very near the end of his life. And he performs this in front of a packed house audience. And it's kind of like a solo, but not exactly because Fred performs the main part with the choir backing him at times throughout. But Fred tells you in the movie that it does not matter how sick he is that this is the most important performance, the most important thing of his life, and the power of this choir that these old people are in is so incredibly amazing because these people are living for it. They are living for choir practice. They are living for the performances. They are all in on this. And to me, it's one of the most inspiring films that I've ever seen, and it should remind me and all of us, and it should motivate me and everybody out there to get up off of our asses and just go for it. Chase your dreams and live to the very fullest because life is sweet, but it is always too short. So RIP Fred Niddle and cheers to all of the Young at Heart Choir members. Well, I I desperately wanted to uh, crack a joke, but after that nice 
nice sermon there. I, I don't think I can, man. And plus, I'm on the other side of 40, so I got to be careful. I'm going to be those young at heart people here soon. But you old that, bastard. Yeah, that almost made me emotional, Big Nick. That was you that guys was good, are, man. Mr. B and Mark, you guys are musicians. You will have a full appreciation for this movie. That's awesome. Um, That's awesome. And, and to me, one of one of my favorite parts, I'm not going to lie, is the the trippy music video that they made for Golden Years by David Bowie. I mean, they're they're dressed <laughs> up, they're dancing, and awesome. um, yeah, it's they make their own music video. It's it's just such an inspiring thing. And it also it's one of those things that you watch it. And look, I don't know how many of us out there are looking forward to growing old. Shit, we're sitting here. We made up the show called The Big Kid Show. We're trying as hard as we can to stay young and be and be young at heart. Young at heart, just like the name of their course, of uh, the are. name of their choir. So, um, yeah, I, I love this movie. And um, I, I hope everybody, if anybody out there needs a pick-me-up, I'm not going to lie, man. You're going to get choked up. Once or twice during this movie, you are when he sings "Fix You," you are going to get choked up a little bit. I, I, I love that, buddy. I, I'm putting that on my master list. So that's that sounds great, buddy. Heck yeah! All right, Big Nick, quality choice and number one, bringing it with uh, some positivity at the end. I like it, Mister B. Your number one choice. What do you got for us, sir? Well, I I love Big Nick, but how do you follow that up? Yeah, seriously, we should just end the show. You guys are great. Everybody have a great night. You'll follow it up just fine. You'll follow (laughs) it up just fine. I was going to go with- My number one's going to contrast it quite a bit. Yeah. (laughs) Is it about killing old people? Well, (laughs) (laughs) not exactly, but hopefully not. So I'm going with a film that it's so- It's so obscure. I'm not even sure how I found out about it. Like, this is a movie that I watched in college with my buddy, Fish. Um. So this, 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 I've heard so many stories about fish, so I'm sorry for the laughter. Yeah. So this movie was released in November of 94. It, uh, had a box office debut of $35,000. Ooh. Yeah. Not million thousand. The title of the movie, love and a 45. Oh, I, that sounds super familiar. Okay, so this is a film that's it's it's like an indie crime drama. Um, it starts off where there's this young couple; they're in love. the uh, The boyfriend is kind of on the wrong side of the law, but you know he's trying to do well. They have this idea to rob a convenience store. You know, he's always like, "Hey, make sure our guns aren't loaded." Well, somebody that went with them, you know, ended up shooting the person. So the robbery went wrong. He owes some bad people money. And so they're on the run from the law and these other guys. Um, and they kind of become famous as these like, uh, criminals going through Texas. I think it's Texas is ultimately where it's at. Mm. Um, but it's a film where I, I don't know. I, I just, the first time I watched it was like, I love this movie. I don't know what I love about it. Like, I just love how it was done. I mean, it was a very indie film, but like some of the actors in it were um, Gil Bellows. He's a guy that if you see him, you'd be like, I recognize him. Uh, yeah. Renee, Renee Zellweger. Who in, in the, the hell is Renee Zellweger? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite part is, let me, let me read you some of the characters' names. So the main character was name was Waddy Watts. Yep. Uh, Renee Zellweger played Starlene Cheatham. The two bad guys chasing after him were 
Dinosaur Bob and Creepy Cody, <laughs> and and the guy that botched the robbery with them was Billy Mac Black. What Billy Mac name. Black. So I, it's just it was to me it was done really well for being kind of like a crime drama thriller. And uh, side note, there's awesome cars in it. Um, there's a just it's worth watching. It's I don't know. I don't know how else to say that. That's my hidden gem that me and my buddy, we watched it multiple times because it was such a great movie. Enjoy. I have to definitely put that on my list. I have not seen that one. I think that that's the only one on your list, Mr. B, that I have not seen. I've not seen any of Big Nick. So I got I got four different movies to uh to put on my list here and, and check out. And, and that might be I, that might be a tough one to find on the streaming as well. I I yeah. did this I did the same thing as Big Nick did is once I saw that there was an option to order a DVD. Mm-hmm. I did it, and I, oh, I'm going to steal your DVD then. I'll say I might have one of twelve DVDs for it. I don't know because I there actually I had the VHS tape for the longest time. Nice, yeah, real old school. And, and side note, the soundtrack for the film surprisingly great. Which I'm glad that you pointed that out because as you were talking about the movie, I looked it up real quick. And before you got into your description, you know, you guys being musicians, me being a wannabe musician, it was interesting to see that there were so many kind of music based uh, albums or albums, music based movies that were on our list. But uh, when you said uh, Love and a 45, I was thinking records, right? Like I was thinking, oh, he's going to yeah. with another. But it's, it's 45 a, gun, yeah. It's a, it's a 45 caliber handgun. And so I looked it up, and uh, first thing that I noticed was that Reverend Horton Heat was on the provided some of the music for the for the movie. And think back to our concert moments episode. Reverend Horton Heat, I saw them with Iggy Pop. The, when right. Iggy Pop jumped off wow. the stage and nobody caught him, um, Reverend Horton Heat was one of the opening acts, and that is a very underrated band um, from Texas. Um, yep. And so that makes sense that they are on there with it being a uh, Texas-Mexico-type movie. Oh, uh, yeah. No. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. I'd like to see that. And I, I'm actually not going to lie to you, Mr. B. I'm actually looking forward more to listening to some of the music that was on that good movie. And they, they did, whoever was the music producer for the movie, um, it looks like there was a, yeah. I mean, even it was Tom Bellarine and the Reverend Horton Heat was part of it. But yeah, the, the music just tied in really well with the film. And again, I don't even have the budget. I mean, it clearly didn't do well, but I just, I thought it was done so well. It's again, I mean, that's probably... If I had to pick 10 movies that I'd want to watch right now, it's still in my top 10. Fantastic wow. pick. And I it's it's one Very I've good. never heard of, and that intrigues me even more, my friend. Love, Absolutely. love, and a 45. And again, the 45, like Big Nick pointed out, is the caliber of the handgun. And, and side note, opening scene, you will recognize the kid from Days and Confused. Oh, little hidden gem thrown in there. All right, Mr. B, quality choice, quality choice. Thank you, thank you. Well, I'm going to wrap it up here. We've got our uh, last and final choice. That's my number one and our top three. And yes, gentlemen, I'm keeping it to only three of our top three here. <laughs> you're not going um, to double up? I won't so do the top seven. Uh, I, don't even, I don't even really have an honorable mention. Maybe one. So you guys be, be proud of me. Well, hey, I, I do have one honorable mention. I have zero. 
People can change. People can change. (laughs) So I am uh, I am picking a movie that I know Big Nick is not a fan of, and I secretly hate him for it. But I'm his friend anyway. Um, This movie was released in 1994. Definitely not a flop, and not completely under the radar, but literally one of my favorite movies of all time. And I feel like even though it did okay money wise. It's the same type of thing. Every single time I bring this movie up, people are like, huh, what? You know, so they don't really know about it. And that is The Crow with Brandon <laughs> Lee. So if you guys aren't familiar with The Crow, uh, the night before his wedding, musician Eric Draven, played by Brandon Lee, and his fiance are brutally mur- murdered by members Mur- of- uh, Murbered. They're, they're murmured. <laughs> Prepare by- to be murmured. <laughs> by members of a uh, inner city gang. And so on the anniversary of the death, Eric rises from the grave and basically assumes, um, you know, the role of a supernatural Avenger, you know, the crow. So he basically, it's kind of a revenge tale, you know? So he, he oh, basically yeah. goes back. And when you watch the beginning of the movie, you want nothing more for this guy to go out and take revenge on the, the guys that, that did this to them. It's it's kind of a disturbing movie, um, especially in the beginning, but it's a pretty violent movie throughout. But I love myself a good revenge movie, and that's exactly what this one is. So he basically hunts these guys down one by one uh, until he gets to the uh, the head gangster, who is uh, another great name, Top Dollar, played by Michael Wincott. Um, and... He plays a phenomenal bad guy. I I think I've seen him in a few other movies, but he plays a a really, really convincing and, uh, well, easily hated bad guy. But uh, this one did make $50 It cost $23 to make, so it definitely made some money. Um, But again, to me, just over the years, you know, and I was 13 when this movie came out, so it hit me right in the sweet spot of like, being able to go see a movie that was, you know, a little <laughs> gritty and a little, a little out there. Um, but, uh, but the crow definitely recommend checking it out. Do not listen to big Nick. He has no idea what he's talking about, except for the other three choices he made. He knew what he was talking about there, but I, oh. hey, I love the, I love the crow, the character. Um, I, the movie's, <laughs> the movie's okay. I love the character. But... I, I love comic book movies. It's kind of, to me, it's kind of like Punisher meets the spawn and, uh, well played. yeah, yeah. The, it is in that realm. We, we must point out anytime we mention the crow, it's probably arguably one of the best soundtracks of all time. If you yes. like uh, rock and roll, heavy metal music, that it's a fantastic soundtrack. And you know what? The Crow 2 soundtrack is pretty darn good yes, as well. Absolutely. And, you know, it, there definitely is a tragic piece of The Crow. I'm sure a lot of people know, but some of them might not know that this was the film that Brandon Lee was actually shot in and, and killed during the filming of. That would be Bruce Lee's son. So, yeah, unfortunately, you know, definitely a, a very, like, kind of dark, you know, the, the the way it happened in the movie, you know, and supposedly the scene that it happened in. It, it's kind of crazy, um, and the wasn't fact it, that they pushed on with the movie. Mark, wasn't it tied with like it was like a 
someone messed up with the blanks in a gun or something. Yep, I think they the blanks put a live round in there instead of which, a blank. Which is like, who's running the show on that? Like, no offense. Like, yeah. so I hope somebody was charged with something like well, that. That's that, but that's terrifying because you're counting on the guy that's running the gun to put in a, the correct something. I don't know. The side note, but yeah. That's terrifying. And why not just use a fake gun all around? Like, well, normally they do. They right. I, I like, mean, normally. Oh, no, we what, want to be real realistic. Let's use a real gun with well, a with a blank. That's why, if you ever see most movies, you see someone shooting a gun. The gun never kicks back. No, and there's it, no weight to it either. Yeah, like there's no it, weight it, to the, the gun. The gun just oh. stays still. And you're like, well, it's a fake gun. So right. Rest in peace. Man, yeah, absolutely. that's part of the Lee curse. You know the the Lee curse yeah. that they. So according to police, I mean, technically what happened, so hollowed out cartridges are often used in films of like guns being loaded and things like that. And then those dummy cartridges are supposed to be removed and replaced with blanks. And I guess the police investigation included that a tip of one of the cartridge cartridges bullets broke off from the cartridge and got lodged into the gun. So it fired at Lee along with the blank. So, oh, so it's, it was also it was more so a weapons malfunction than a yeah and they actually a human ruled it malfunction. They ruled it negligence, uh, not foul play. You know when they concluded the investigation. Oh, and but think about whoever the way to go. And the guy that also was doing that probably feels like shit. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Can you yeah, I would hope so. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I, a, mean, I, mean like, I, I shouldn't say I hope so, well, but you know, you know what I mean? mean? Like, like he, he didn't mean that to happen. It's right. Like, God, I feel like crap now too. So, all right. Yeah. Way yeah, to bring down good. the whole party here. Mark. Yeah, I, I didn't crush your optimism there with your uh, happy choice there, big Nick. So, uh, we're gonna... but anyway, the crow, go check it out. Fantastic movie. All right. So, so do I get my one uh, honorable mention? Let's do a quick recap and then we'll do okay. honorable mentions. So quick recap, big Nick. At number three, 12 and Holding. At number two, Eye of God. And number one, a pathway and vision of what Big Nick's future will be, Young at Heart. <laughs> young at Heart. And with Mr. B, we've got his number three choice as Airborne. Number two, Inside Lewin Davis. Two phenomenal choices, by the way, Mr. B, I will say. Number one, Love in a 45, which I have not seen, so I can't comment on that one. Um, and then for myself, I had Whiplash as number three, Running Scared, number two, and The Crow as number one. So honorable mentions, guys, if you have any, lay them on me. So I have one, and the only reason is because I, I think it's because I just like this actor. So this this film is called Take Shelter. All right. It was released in September 2011. Michael Shannon. So he's has the most like unique face in my opinion but he does <laughs> yeah and I, 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 I there's not been a movie that he's done i didn't like which is very yeah. odd but it's a film of this guy that has like these dreams of like a storm's coming so he builds a storm shelter and it causes all this rift within his thing it's actually supposed to be based in uh lagrange ohio so maybe that's part of it but it was done extremely well um, take shelter. Check it out. I don't know how to go further into. Yeah, it. that's it, a. Uh, I just looked it up real quick. That's a pretty, like, well-known cast. I mean, there's quite a few people in there. And, you know, I recommend. I recommend yeah, it. yeah. It was one that, like, I just happened to stumble upon it, and I was like, "Wow, this is a great movie." But it's just, I love the like these. Like, I'm having these dreams. I'm going to do this, and then of course, everyone's like, "You're crazy. Why do you want to build the storm shelter?" And then there's 
some twists at the end. So it's it's worth watching. Take Shelter, Michael Shannon, uh, Jessica Chastain's in it. Great movie. Absolutely. I do like hey, me some Jessica Chastain. All yeah. right. E- easy, buddy. Hey. Easy. easy. Hey, now that's a woman. Humana, humana. <laughs> All right. Uh, for my honorable mention, I will pick The Crow. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm going to pick hey, a, Nick, a movie called Suspect Zero. Um, this was a kind of a box office flop. Uh, the budget was $27 million. It only brought in $11 million, But it stars Aaron Eckhart. And Ben Kingsley. So uh, those some big Sir names. Ben Sir, Kingsley. I apo- my apologies to the Queen. But um, <laughs> Suspect Zero is a 2004 American psychological thriller. I don't want to get too far into it. It's pretty dark, heavy stuff. But uh, it's it is a little cheesy, and that's why I think that it wasn't a, a success. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it is a movie that will leave you thinking for. For a long time after oh, you watch it's, it, it's a th- it's a thinker. It's not, a, a, it, not it's a stinker. It's a thinker, not a stinker. But it's it's more. It's a little more haunting than it is thinking. But uh, yeah, yeah, Suspect Zero, interesting movie, and Ben Kingsley, his performance in it, of course, top notch. What yeah, else would you act. expect from uh, Sir Ben Kingsley? Sir. There you go. My apologies yeah. to the Queen. Well done. Well done. Uh, I've only got one, believe it or not. Her Highness. Whoa. Um, I know. Craziness. It's new times at the big kids show. Um, X. I, I never know how to pronounce this one. X Machina. X Machina. It's one of those two. But anyway. It's, it's McCoy. Um, <laughs> oh no, God. it's not. Ignore Big Nick. I don't know what it is. Big Nick. You're so silly. And, and I think it's X Machina is what you I think you're... it's X Machina. That's how I always said it. But anyway, Caleb Smith is uh, it's a guy who's a programmer. <laughs> like gigantic internet company and he wins a contest that gives him a week at the estate of the ceo who happens to be oscar isaac right and i didn't see this movie until like probably like a year ago so he arrives and he learns that he's been chosen to be the human component in a turing test to determine the capabilities and consciousness of a robot it's almost like uh, Westworld, the older one or the newer remake yes. on HBO they did. It's kind of in that vein. So if you're a fan of Westworld, I definitely would recommend checking this one out. It'll be right up your alley. It's kind of sci-fi, uh, but also a little bit psychological thriller, probably. It, but, uh, uh, that, I, I've seen that one. That's a great film. So yeah. Yeah, Cle- clearly, we, we watched the same films, Mark, which is yep. con- oh, our brains are melted together. So it's, it's concerning. <laughs> So, all right. Well, that's all we got. Like I said, like, subscribe, share, give us a review if you can. We appreciate it. We appreciate you guys. We uh, we're here every week for you guys. So, feel free to let us know what you like. Uh, feedback is always welcome. And until next time, we are the Big Hit Show. Join us. See you next time. Yeah.